Welcome everybody to the February 13th edition of the Rub Wrestling Podcast with Matt, Josh, and Chris. I um, just want to say we're one day before Valentine's Day, so we're, we, I, we just hope that you're all going to feel the love from today's podcast and everything that's going on. Um, Josh, why don't you tell everybody where they can find us and what they can do to help us out and help really build the podcast because we're getting a lot of views and shorts, but you know, what about the other avenues they can find us? Yeah, you can find us uh, anywhere you can get your major podcasts. You can find us on Google. You can find us on Apple. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us on Feet Finder. You can find us on OnlyFans. Feet Finder. Oh, wait. Holy shit. Oh, wait. You guys aren't on those things? Okay. Well, you know, when well, I search I mean, the rub, I might find us in OnlyFans. You know, maybe maybe 12 connotations of Matt, Josh, and Chris. Chris, Josh, Matt, the rub <laughs> might be on OnlyFans. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, I don't know. The rub, the rubs a good for feet finder. The rubs is is a good is a good good tagline. There well, you the go. Fucking rubs, uh, the rubs, but yeah. feet finder. And don't forget to check us out on YouTube. You uh, you know, hit that like, hit that subscribe. Uh, we're just figuring this out, so I guess you know, uh, if you see me on feet finder, check us out. Just yeah, if you if you do go on Feed Finder and you find the Rub Wrestling podcast, just look for Josh for putting uh, putting his feet into a a big Bronson Reed style whipped cream pie because he's a dirty girl like that. Let me tell you. But with that being said, we're coming off one of the biggest events on the weekend. We have the Super Bowl Chiefs and Niners on Sunday. Lots of stuff going on. Josh, I know that you're a Niners fan. On top of that, like, were you really depressed with how they how that game finished? Uh, no, I mean, it's depressing that like maybe four or five years ago, they would have won the championship because a field goal would have done it for them before the, the rules has changed. Um, but you know, it's hard to beat, uh, a team with several hall of famers, hall of fame coach. It even seemed like San Francisco wasn't even prepared for overtime while, uh, Kansas city was very prepared for overtime. You know, there's some conspiracy theorists out there, but come on, like, Really, you can't plan this shit. This is this is just you know Hall of Famers uh, making historic plays. It's uh, it's it is what it is. But uh, go San Francisco next year. Now, Chris, I know that you're not the world's biggest football fan, but you started watching some of the game. I know that you were watching the football. Um, but my my question is more related. As you know, like we everybody's talking about Taylor Swift and how much money she makes. NBC, you know, boyfriend of Travis Kelsey. My question is, you're a married married guy if you weren't married would uh would you uh would you try to woo taylor swift and if you were to do it how would you do it like i'd say i have a podcast that gets like maybe (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't i yeah it's a pretty hard question to to, like uh, how would i do that i don't know i don't know that's a weird question um I, I was always thinking about me just going to her concert like front row like paying the whatever the crazy amount of going get it and just saying hey taylor follow the rub wrestling podcast on a big sign i fucking love you and then that would start the conversation of me trying to to woo and and date and then hopefully at, at best if i got one date and i got literally a private plane ride to like japan or something i would even just call it after that i think i've lived my life to get what i gotta get <laughs> Imagine you watch too many too many Family Guy episodes where where that happens. Yeah, <laughs> like Lauren, like the one with Lauren Conrad and Brian, or like uh, <laughs> or like Taylor Swift and Chris. Yeah, that know, too, <laughs> I, like literally, like, when they literally happened. <laughs> Taylor, come to my prom. You can do it. Taylor, do Taylor, it. come to come to a local wrestling show. I'm I'm part of a podcast and wrestling. <laughs> Yeah, it's hey, Chris, funny. I mean, how would you be- woo a billionaire, Chris? Tell me, please. <laughs> with, like with this, I'd have no chance. I wouldn't even try. I'd be like, "Hey, hey, billionaire, sell me this pen. <laughs> See if that actually worked." Here, I got a couple waters. Sell it to me. Show me why you're a billionaire. Yeah, they would say, "I'm going to get somebody else to do it for me." <laughs> you know, you know what? You just can't prepare for Matt's opening questions. That's all no, I can that's, say. About that's that. the whole and- fucking point. But I think uh, remember we talked. I have a question for you. I would okay. like to hear. I would like to hear how Matt's bets went uh, for the <laughs> Super Bowl, and I would also like Matt to tell the people how he bet on them on his bets for the Super Bowl. Uh, well, this is kind of an interesting story. So to follow the trend on like TikTok where people's pets actually pick the winner, I did something a little bit different. I picked three uh, three things, and I didn't actually follow up on one of the bets, so I apologize, but. Um, so I don't know if that was a winner. Josh is a statistician. You can look it up and tell me if I won or not. But basically, 
what happened was I let my cat Sassy pick it, and she's been having some uh, bowel and constipation problems. But we were really proud of her on Sunday because she took a shit in the litter box. And what ended up happening was where she shit in the litter box determined how I placed my bets. So I randomly picked. I said, okay, first one wins. Who's going to win? Chiefs or Niners? So I drew out of a hat. I picked the Chiefs first, and then I picked the Niners. So if she shit on the left side of the, the box, I p- it went with the Chiefs. And on the right side, um, I went with the Niners. And that, I did that for all the bets. So she shit on the left side. So the Chiefs won. The second one was... Kelsey having more than uh, more than I think it was like 49 receiving yards on one of the sites that I looked at. Um, we won that. The one that I didn't check was the Brock Purdy because I didn't really bet on it. It was more, I think he had to be plus 13 and a half for uh, rushing yards. And then the next one is the fun one. I put a bunch of markers on the floor of different colors and then put catnip on all of them. And then I, I, I found which one she went to first to see who, which Gatorade color it was going to be. And uh, she picked orange. It turned out it was blue or grape or whatever it was, but definitely wasn't orange. So um, Sassy did a pretty good job of picking that if I, if I actually would have bet, uh, bet money on them. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, she covered, uh, she covered the money line and she covered Kelsey's bet. And um, I, on, on the actual one that I did bet, I did bet him for over uh, the receiving yards, but he had to have a touchdown with it. And he was two yards short when he made the last reception that he had. So that kind of sucked. It would have been like six to one on a $30 bet or something like that. So, so you didn't my... win. You didn't, you didn't bet anything on those bets. No, I'm not a big better on the Super Bowl. It's just more or less. I always say betting is not about the money. It's just about being right. And so mm. that's the way I look at it, but <laughs> I'm Brock still Purdy had 12 yards. Right. I'm yeah, still I'm short. I'm still pooping out my spread from from Sunday. It was no, oh I <laughs> I had so much good food. It was such good food. Yeah, great. That sounds that sounds utterly fantastic for what's going on. So great, uh, great, great to hear that the spread was over. Then from what we're hearing, flip that for but, the short. Chris had Chris is still pooping out Super Bowl yeah. Super Bowl yeah. spread. Super Bowl spreads. Okay, well, anyways, we're going to move on. Um, so, yeah, Josh, you can never get ready for my opening questions. But here we go. We're going to start talking about the WWE. Big news there is that we got talked about it and alluded on the previous podcast about what's been going on with Cody, who he's, who he's going to pick. And um, obviously there was a big WrestleMania presser that came out, which was a little bit nuts. And uh, that got pretty crazy. You know, the Roman Reigns came out, um, said that he was going to pick who it was because it looked like Cody was going to pick Seth Um, after Monday night when they did the presser, Cody came out, shook hands with the rock. And then Cody said it was bullshit. And then basically um, went out and, uh, you know, picked Roman Reigns. He he basically ran the family down, ran a whole bunch of stuff for the rocks family down, which led to the rock slapping him in the face. And then him and Rollins and stuff went through. It was, it was just a cluster. And then very much at the end, The Rock basically called out Triple H and uh, for uh, for letting him let or let Cody talk trash about his family. So now we got the match that everybody wanted, which was uh, Cody and Reigns going at WrestleMania. We don't know what one night. We don't know too much about when and where. Well, we know where that it's in Philadelphia, but we don't know if it's going to be the the Saturday or the Sunday yet. Um, I, I would assume it would be Sunday night, but uh, you know what? We've been proven wrong before, right? So when you're kind of looking at this, Josh, was that build up? Did that build up really feel real to you? Like, cause it, we're talking about the rocks involvement and how it went through. And I felt that if the rock really wasn't there, I don't think it would have felt as real as it, it felt. I mean, um, we know wrestling's, you know, scripted and that, that whole thing and that whole shindig went through, but when you're looking at it in the long run, did the rocks relevance to that make him feel like um, he was actually there for that? Did he improve what happened at the presser compared to if he wasn't there? Yeah, I think your camera went out too. Um, That's okay. I'm going to fix it right now. But uh, yeah. So, I mean, feeling real in the sense that like, it kind of feels like the story changed uh, because of the reaction from the fans. Like it, it seems like, uh, they're they're listening, and The Rock kind of, you know, instead of ramming it down their throat, has now turned heel, which he also famously has informed uh, the fans what turning heel means. And it's kind of like, you know, we're going to see it in the Merriam-Webster Dictionary next year as a new definition for heel. Um, but I thought it was funny because, as you're talking in our chat, that, like, he has to explain to people that he's being a bad guy because that's what wrestling is, is like sometimes we're not all good guys. And that's, you know, it, it's it's just it's interesting. But uh, yeah, it's 
I think that they're doing the story right because I still don't think that like the the WrestleMania picture is finished yet. Like I don't know for some reason I still feel like there's going to be a way that Rock gets into this match or that there's something that happens that gets Rock involved. Um, it seems like they're building towards like a tag team match with uh, Cody and Seth versus the Rock and Roman, which would be interesting. Uh, I just don't know how long you prolong Rock storyline. Like, is he actually going to stick around for you know another year to have it finish his story with uh, Roman? But I, I think that it's it's organic. People are believing it. Just the fact that people are responding to the Rock and the Rock is having to explain to them that he's now a heel when he's in character. Like, don't worry, he's still. Well, he might be still a good person. I don't know. I don't know him personally. So you know, if if you if or not, he's a really a good person in real life. Uh, that's yet to be, uh, you know, proven long term. But uh, I think that uh, it's kind of silly that uh, The Rock is having to explain why he's being a dick. Yeah, and I'll I'll jump in while Matt's figuring out his stuff. So it's okay, like, I'm we, like, still I, listening. So, but yeah, you go ahead, Chris, oh, yeah, and then yeah. I'll ask you a so, follow up. Yeah. So, uh, like, what I think it, it, it it's a weird situation because The Rock's a, a great he's a great heel. He's a great heel. He's always been a great heel. So, like. The fact that uh, what you said, like the fact that he has to start explaining to people who don't watch wrestling, who think he's the worst person in the world, that he has to say that I'm not the worst person in the world. Like, so, yeah, I don't know. Like, it, it's it's just it's so bizarre. I was trying to talk to my wife about it, actually. I'm like, like, people don't understand that that's not him. And then I think you, Josh, you texted me. Or you you put in the chat you like the sad thing is that like we have to start explaining to people that wrestling's fake. Like we all know it's fake, <laughs> right? Like it's like we already know it's fake. It's they sad. tell us that these results are scripted, and then he's like explaining it. Like I don't know. It's just it's just crazy. It doesn't make any sense to me. Like it's it's like it's it's kind of taking away everything about wrestling that we like so much, right? Yeah, it'd be like he's like he's he's like you know what Vin Diesel really isn't a great driver, you know, like but you know it's like it's like you're explaining how movies work. Like, come on, people, like this is not fucking real. Like, it's... Vin Diesel can't really see in the dark, <laughs> like... right? Yeah, like 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 those things. It's like oh, Captain Jack Sparrow, you know, isn't a real person, like or whatever. It's so stupid. I don't know. And he, he doesn't have. He doesn't have eight million alpacas either. So <laughs> right, but it's like it's like I think it's like you go back to like the Taylor Swift, the conspiracy theorists. Like people believe that like life is scripted like this, right? Like so, like whether the, like the lines are blurred between reality because people are like believing that like real world stuff is being scripted. Like oh yeah, the Super Bowl result is now scripted. So like people are like oh well, the Rock's an asshole. So like this must be real. Like you're frick, frickin' well, just- silly. I just can't understand that people used to make fun of us wrestling, like us marks. People make fun of us, like, don't you know it's fake? And now it's to the point where we know it's fake and other people don't. Yeah, right? right? <laughs> like like the, the normies, the, yeah. the marks are sitting there like, duh, come on. Like, you couldn't have figured this out. Like, he's just a bad guy. Like, you know. Like, you don't know he's he's just trying to get money out of it. Like, right, you like, you got to go back to the old days where the wrestlers actually have to have kayfabe in real life because, you know, they have to protect themselves because people believe it and they want to fight them. Like, come on. But, like, unless, unless, what is, what if this is the ultimate kayfabe? Like, what if, what if he's, what if he put that out, you know? We never know anymore. It's, everything's such a work. Like, do you think that, like, there's a chance? I mean, I think that in reality, The Rock came back and was like, I need to save WrestleMania because Cody's not good enough. And like legitimately booked himself because he thought it would do better. But then, or do you think there's a chance that he actually knew the fans were going to respond like this and that like, this was the story because he doesn't want to wrestle. Like, or did, he, did he plan it the whole time? Was this, was this his idea? Like, was right, this working what I mean. out? Yeah, I know. See, I don't know. And this is what I like so much about wrestling. So it's weird to see him having to explain himself unless 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 it's all work, unless he's really into it that bad. Like the only guy if The Rock pulls this off and it's all work, if it's all work, this is like the best work since MJF. Well, you know what I think could happen? I I I think think that there's a chance. Wait, wait, one second. I think that there's a chance. Fatal four way WrestleMania for both titles so that you get Roman Reigns and <laughs> Seth Rollins and then you get The Rock and Cody 
and you make it so that that's how you take the belt off of Seth, give it to Cody, and Cody, and he still finishes the story because he pins Roman. And CM Punk did stem cells, so his his lats okay, so or his triceps okay, and he comes into. Well, he's gonna have a dream match with Stone Cold, apparently. Yeah, fucking bullshit. He's not going to be ready to go. Anyways, I, I think his old body, like, I mean, if he was in his, like, early 30s or 20s, he might be ready. He's not going to be ready for that. And if he does, then kudos to him. I mean, then he rehabbed and he worked his ass off. Now, for what you were saying, I think, like, one of the things that I kind of want to throw out to you, Chris, when you're kind of looking at the presser and everything, and I agree with everything you guys are saying, like, is it's, it's, it's sad that you have to go out and explain it. And then he goes on, you know, McAfee show, Pat McAfee show, and he calls them all what Cody crybabies and all that stuff. And, you know, calls them little bitches and that, you know what, they're going to put, uh, you know, the Cody's are going to take one nugget from their 20 McNuggets and then they're going to eat one. And then they're going to take two of them later on when, you know, 20 things happen. And then they're going to put those straight up his ass. And, you know, I think people kind of took that and they're like, Holy fuck. Like, you're right. Why do we have to explain that wrestling is scripted <laughs> in 2024? It's ridiculous. Now, Josh, you're talking about kind of an ensemble for this. Now, Chris, can you imagine, and you can call me an idiot or not, can you imagine what the ratings would be one month before WrestleMania and on TV you put in the main event of Raw, not SmackDown, Raw, fucking Rock and Reigns versus Seth and Cody in a tag match. Like, does that not sound like good business? Like, this is the problem that I have with WWE. It, like, stares you in the face when you do something like that. And then many of the times they don't capitalize on it. Like, how much how much ratings lift do you think that would draw if they just did that and they promoted it, like, the week before or maybe two weeks or a month before WrestleMania and give that match on free TV? Oh, it's huge. That's, like, uh, if it, I, I've been watching a lot of, like, so I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos. I, 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 I can't plug the guy. I don't remember what the channel is, but um, I've been watching him and it's uh, it goes through like the decades, like the nineties and the two thousands of WWE. And like, you see that like at some points, like uh, stone cold, stone cold and triple H were tag champs, the rock and the rock and sock were champs. Like the, I want to see this stuff. Like I, I right now in WWE, I get it. It's, it's, we're liking it a little, we're liking it more because it's being more interesting, but like AEW does it where they bring in, you know, like people win tag team champions or people uh, become a tag team partnership. Like that used to be the cool stuff back in the day when you didn't, you know, when you had stone cold or triple H on the outside looking in when Jericho and the rock were, were feuding, you would have uh stone cold and sorry, triple H. They, they, would form an unlikely bond. And then all of a sudden they would, they would wrestle for the championships and they win it. And, and like, that's a really good way to, to not have to have your champion main event, a normal show like raw, like you could have those two big names do it and it still means something. So uh, yeah, that's, that's how I see it. Yeah. And I think when you kind of look at that too, and you kind of have that tag match and, and you don't even have to have a winner for it. I mean, you can, you know, what you guys all talk about how much you guys have a love for a no finish. Like the no finish there is the family coming in. It's solo and, uh, and it's Jimmy. And then maybe at the, the same point, you could have Jay come out and help, you know, um, Seth and Cody and have a no finish there where they kind of clear house and then kind of the, the heroes stand tall over it and just to kind of, tell them that they're going to get ready for WrestleMania. And I think the big thing after that is that I find sometimes in WrestleMania, when we're, when we're going in the lead up into like an elimination chamber, it just becomes like a two month promo battle. And this is a great way for them to get in the ring before that even happens. And there's so many things you can do. You can do the, well, you know what? Cody's in the ring. I want you Roman Roman's in the ring. Oh, I'm going to tag the rock. And then, you know what, like just you're kind of anticipating those little things. And then, I mean, you know, Seth is just there to try to live up to the shield moniker that he was talking about on Monday night during his promo. And I thought their promo was great. Like they were talking about it like it was like a legit thing, which we know it, you know, we know everybody knows it isn't. But, well, I mean, at least the people on this podcast and not the people in the United States of America. But sorry, can I cut you off? I just had another idea. Like, go for it. This would this this would also be a perfect place to like put put LA Knight with with somebody in the top ranks, right? To form a tag team. So like, there's you have so many options with with like this stuff to put people on TV, and then you might as well do it. Sorry, I just thought of that randomly. That that's a spot you could put LA Knight in. 
I think well, that LA think- Knight and AJ Styles are going to start a feud where well, they already started a feud. Like you might see them in elimination chamber because he <laughs> kind <laughs> of interfered. That, that's not going to, it probably won't be the plan unless AJ's in the match. Like right now, like LA Knight went out last night and called out Seth Rollins, right? After he won the elimination chamber. So I think there might oh, be. Oh, he won last one. night. I wasn't, yeah. I didn't pay so attention. I think there's a way now <laughs> that with LA Knight winning at the, if LA Knight wins elimination chamber, there's a very good chance he's going to go over against Seth and be that working man's champion, right? Like, and, you know, that's the way to get him over to Raw, and that's the way to kind of capitalize on his momentum, something that we've been talking about on this podcast for, for months now, striking And right, 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 set off TV, right Seth off TV, because he's hurt. Yeah, for sure. So you have a lot of stuff there that you're going through that actually makes it pretty solid to, to kind of go through. And, you know, Josh, we were talking last night about Bronson Reed not being available in Australia. I said, regardless if he's in the elimination chamber or not, he'll have a match at some point. Um, and it might not even be on the pay-per-view. It might be dark match or something just to get him over. But um, I would have liked to see him there. But I think to have Bobby Lashley in that spot is probably a little more um, uh, makes that match a little bit bigger. Cause I don't think that the problem with Bronson right now is you have to believe that he's going to win it. And I don't believe that he's going to win it where I think more people are going to think they're going to believe that Lashley's going to win over him. Um, oh but- yeah, I agree. I, I think that like when I saw the matchup with him and Lashley, I knew Lashley was going over. It was more of like, because he's from Australia, it's an yeah. easy like guy to get in there. I'm not saying that like when I saw who he was facing to get in, I knew he wasn't going to win, but you look at like Ivar, I thought that there was a chance, and here this is kind of where I thought. I thought for some reason L.A. Knight was going to get screwed over by A.J. Styles in his match, yeah. and it made sense for him. Yeah. If you put him with Bronson Reed, then you put Bronson Reed in the Elimination Chamber match, and you know he's not going to win that match, but he's a monster. Like He would be great in that match, and just because he's from Australia, I figured. And But now it looks like I was actually reading today, and it looks like he might be turning face, where it's like he starts to have this, like, you know, like he's got to change his attitude, not to change his attitude, but like he keeps on losing and he's like letting his family down. Cause he said, he said that in his interview afterwards that, you know, he's not, he, now he's not going to be able to be performing at elimination chamber. So it'd be interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a close call to really see what's going on. And it's, it's something that'll be fun to kind of watch when you're going through. And, uh, you know, I think if LA Knight is going to be pushed into that that spot, I think it's well-deserved. And I think at, at this point, if he hasn't deserved to be the champion for a long time, he's deserved to have his shot to hold the title at least for a while and, and really kind of get his motivation and see what happens. Because that's what happens when you have scenarios with WWE champions in the past where, like, you know, it's unfortunate what happened to Big E. I think he probably would have ran with it a little bit. But you look at something like Kofi and then Lesnar comes back and then Kofi gets beaten in, what, like 13 seconds or something like that. Like, really, like, it's great to say that I that I won it. But at the end of the day, did I really get my chance to run run with the ball? And I think that's what we really want to see with 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 LA Knight at the helm of the title. It's not a scenario of whether that run is three, six, nine months, whatever it is. Like it doesn't have to be a year long thing with LA Knight, but we talked about it. He's the merchandise sales champion. He's, he's bringing a lot of stuff in the crowd's hot for him. He's the only other guy I think other than Cody and Rollins, I think on many shows where they're, you know, and maybe reigns where they do kind of does the hoo in the corner before his stupid Superman punch. But they're the only ones where the crowd's really kind of yelling at them or what they what they say, right? And you know, I might be missing a couple guys that are like Gable when it's kind of coming to mind, but um, you know, the merch the merch sells itself for what he has, right? So I think other than that, looking at uh looking at this moving forward, I think um Josh, do you think it's a definite that Seth that Seth will drop the title at WrestleMania? Or do you think that uh if there's a chance that his knee gets gets fixed, if if it's like we don't know right now at this point, like sometimes with those injuries, they don't necessarily need surgery right away. Do you think that there's a chance that he retains at WrestleMania while working through this injury? Uh yeah, I think I think that he might retain at WrestleMania depending on who he fights. Like I I just think that if his injury was that bad that he was going to be out and he couldn't continue uh, the reign that he was supposed to have, then they would have made him, they'd make him drop it a little bit earlier to build up a better WrestleMania fight. But I, I don't know. Are you risking the fact that like, he's still too hurt to have a, a, a substantial match at WrestleMania? I think that there's a chance. So maybe, maybe he's not as injured as, as we're aware of. And, you know, this is kind of, uh, a way to uh, get him to WrestleMania. But it's, I, I was reading an uh, uh, interview with Damian Priest and he's like, I, there's no way I can cash in my, my money in the bank championship or uh, 
my money in the bank contract because, uh, you know, uh, Seth Rollins is injured and Roman Reigns never fucking fights. So, like, how am I supposed to ever cash it in? And it's like, yeah, okay, so it kind of makes sense. Like, I, I don't know. I think that maybe there's a chance. I feel like if, if, did he lose, even if he wins, he might lose it to Damian Priest at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Just, just because I find, not to say that I think it's hard, but I think it's hard to have Roman Reigns lose it to Damian Priest. And it's really almost impossible to have Cody Rhodes lose it to Damian Priest. If he just, I mean, that would be an ultimate to continue to the like, oh, fuck Cody storyline. But like, is Damian Priest the next guy to take that away from Cody? Because you'd want to give Damian Priest a little run at least. Chris, do you think that when you look at Damian Priest cashing in, do you think if it ends up being, um, do you think it happens right after LA Knight wins the title? Like, or do you think that it's going to happen later on down the road at a later date? Because that's something too. I think if you're going to strike while the iron's hot and you're going to give LA Knight the win, what's he going to be the uh, world, uh, the world heavyweight champion for 15 seconds. And that's going to be his claim to fame for the rest of his career, because you're going to want to have Priest have that title for a little bit of time too. Cause he's another guy that you got to develop in that picture which would probably piss off Finn Balor on a regular basis if uh, you were to think about it. Yeah, it's uh it's it, it's it's tough to say. Like do you, um yeah, cuz sometimes WWE does that. They give you your kind of like one second like look at Dolph and you know, like the Christian, Christian was a world champion in WWE not for long, but so you never know. Maybe maybe that's the reward and and is is it worth it though? Like it it might be worth it for LA Knight. Like he's older, he's older to even to get that like just to hold it, just to be recognized as a champion. You know, they might give that to him. Like you're looking at Seth Rollins, he's 37 years old. You don't think that knee's been through like a hell of a lot? Like it's it's not going to heal that fast. So that's 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 what I'm thinking because I, I just looked up like he's been wrestling since 2004. Like you don't think that knee's so beat up by now? It's not going to bounce back that quick, especially with the schedule he's working. Yeah, for sure. And I think in a lot of cases, I mean, if he's not going to wrestle for a little bit, that's what I'm saying. Maybe it's you let the scar tissue build up, and hopefully it, it holds out for a while before you can actually go in. The other argument on that side, Josh would know, is that you probably have a chance of making it worse. And if your ACL or your PCL is going to compensate for your MCL, there could be a full total knee tear there that you're fully going to be out for over a year at that point if that goes down, right? But I think the the thing about working in the WWE is he's going to find a way to protect his knee. I think personally, it's probably the safer move for him to have surgery just on the MCL than the other than the other two ligaments. If if that was me. So, anywho, Josh, yeah, what, I, I well, yeah, I was just looking. So, Damian Priest has until July first to cash his money in the bank. So because Money in the Bank last year was July 1st. So unfortunately, we won't be able to see a cash if we go to Money in the Bank in Toronto. I think that if he doesn't cash in it at WrestleMania, like, what's the next, like, you know, he's got he's got a couple more pay-per-views to do it. He's not cashing it. You're not cashing that at a Monday Night Raw or a SmackDown. They might tease him cashing it. No, for you sure. Know, maybe, maybe they tease him cashing it every day or, you know, for a while. I don't know. I think that it'll be interesting to see. I kind of hope that we have a money in the, a cash at WrestleMania, um, but it'll be, I guess, based on how the matches get played out. I still think there's going to be a big, another, a few big turns or swerves before then. So, yeah, there's so many layers to what can actually happen over the next few months, which is kind of really enticing. And I think, like personally, right now, for what you're seeing storyline wise, is one of the thing that's. Um, kind of lacking in AEW subplots for the stories, and um, it's just it, they're very they're the wrestling is great. They're just very one dimensional. Right. So um, the only ones that we're seeing is uh, the one that we're going to kind of loop in right now, which is the, uh, the swerve and hangman storyline, which is multifaceted. You know, it's coming from stuff from the past. We have different matches. We have that death match that they came off of, but Monday, uh, sorry, Wednesday night on dynamite, those two had a banger and Chris, what did McPherson say? Take a drink. He said that was a banger or, uh, what did he say? No, I he said has... I can't believe we're getting this for free. Oh yeah, how, sorry, how sorry, sorry. Did, how the fuck did Josh and I remember it and you didn't remember? I don't, I don't know. But yeah, so yeah, I rem- yes, I did. I said everybody take a drink. McPherson said, "How the hell do we get this for free?" But uh, yeah, and <laughs> or, but it's it's like those two and and like P- 
People are saying I've read it like uh, Hangman, 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 sorry, Hangman's turning into uh, Magnum TA, and he's with that stupid a- mustache. <laughs> yeah, I no, I'm liking it though. Like you can see, like he's being he's being a baby, like Jericho used to be in WCW, right? Loses a match and he cries all over. I I'm liking it. I'm liking what I see, and so like they this could go on for a little bit like if if you have a championship situation in aw that's like a little bungled you can still have these two kind of carry it for a little bit because i i think what we've seen from those two if they go into a championship feud they could carry they could carry you for a few months like just between the two of them absolutely and i think like it kind of really leads to in that interesting main event with joe and you know what you haven't seen a lot of joe like really wrestling like on a, he's not like being a fighting man's champion i like how he's dressed in the suits and um he's just got that such a crazed demeanor on him when he's looking at everything i think um when josh when you look at swerve and hangman and now you're gonna add in joe for that world title in a three-way like a three-way dance or a triple threat whatever you want to call that i like triple threat better i think it sounds cooler Did josh get dropped See you, Josh. Ooh, what the heck happened there? Anyway, so he's asking. Oh, there oh, he is. There he is. There he is. No, that's okay. So, Josh, it, back to what I was saying. So, like, with Joe kind of adding into that match and, and really kind of adding, um, you know, and, and he's a competent wrestler, competent storyline guy. Do you think that this could go down as maybe one of the top five best matches in AEW history? Because I don't know about you guys, but I'm fucking excited for that. That looks, that looks like it's going to be fucking mental. Yeah, I mean, I'm really excited. I don't think it'll be the top five just because I find that it's going to be like, it could be. I No, I don't think it'll be the top five, but uh, I think it's going to be a fantastic match. I like the story with Hangman and Swerve. Um, I like that they're continuing it. I am, you know, whose house? I'm all in for Swerve right now. <laughs> I've been convinced. I've been, he's, he's turned me. I didn't like him at the beginning of this podcast, like, when we started, I didn't like his story. He's a great, he was always a great wrestler. I just didn't like his character, but now I've kind of grown to like it. He's now a face. You can see that they're booking Adam page as the heel more or kind of, they're both tweeners. Um, but I just, I don't know. I'm really hoping that Swerve wins. I want to see Swerve win. I think that Joe might retain to continue the story with him and page. I I'm not a hundred percent sure. I just think that, you know, I, I understand why the match went to a draw because you can't give Paige another loss and you can't afford either of those guys to lose. It's just, I almost wish that Swerve would have lost the second match so that Swerve could finish the third. Like, you know, you could have their, unless Swerve is going to win this match and then he's like, I've beat you so many times, it's over. I want to see him win the championship. AEW, deser- he deserves to be AEW champion. And it's been a, it's been too long of a company to have no black champion with such high caliber black wrestlers that, you know, such a swerve in the promotion. I think it's time and it, he's, he's a champion and he's, he's fitting to be a champion and he's, he's what AEW needs right now. And I think that there's, uh, it, it's time for him to go over. I didn't think of that, but yeah, like, uh, cause they haven't had a black world champion. So like you have Hobbs, you're right. You have so much talent, but you could have, he he could be like he's going to be the Ron Simmons of AEW, right? Like, yeah, and it's not to say that's the reason to give it to him. It's just, oh that, no, no, no. Like, I just, I I'm think just... it's a good. I think it's a good choice. Like, it's or, saying that like Chris, it's time or, for him to be champion. Or it's Chris, time, yeah. be, or Chris, he'll be the Ron, the Truth Killings of NWA TNA. Yeah, that too. But I think he, like I, like I agree with Josh. He's deserved it. I think he's worked. Like he's shown us so much over just over the last year. Like and like, like just God. just the turn, like the organic turn, like similar to MJF, where you go from being a super heel to being a, a face because of the work that you put in. Because that you can tell that that wasn't the plan for him to be a face, but because he got that organic fan reaction, the match with him and Hangman, Hangman, where the 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 hardcore match made him a face, and they they like they're doing the story right by letting him be that face, even if, you know, his faction's still a heel faction, but he is over. And I think, and like the story's over. So like, I get why they might not give it to either of them, but I would, I would like to see it be where, you know, Hangman chases him for another year or whatever it is, or something like that. I don't know. I just, I think it's 
my favorite part about the whole part is that when you look at his character and Josh, that was something I think why you didn't like him in the beginning was that you didn't understand the character. And I think the thing that's kind of unique in the situation with, with Swerve is that he hasn't changed his character at all while being moving from heel to face. He's still the same ruthless guy who's going to be ruthless and do whatever it takes to win. He has no empathy for human life, like what he says before. Like, it's just, he's he's the same character. And it's almost to the point now where kind of they have this little turn, and it's okay. Like, I, I wouldn't rate him as a face. I would rate him as, he's, he's going to be a tweener. And that's basically what it's going to be, and that's fine. But I think, like, at the end, you're right. Like, he doesn't even almost even fit with that group anymore. The only reason that they send him out is because they cheer for Prince Nana, and that's pretty much it. But those other three guys, they haven't fucking won shit. And that's basically what it is. They they really, they were bred to hold the, you know, the, the ROH trios title and then just to lose them to a better team. That's the reality of what it is. And those guys are going to be, like, the, the other two, like the tag team, they can be booked at a higher level. Cage is cage. He's going to do cage things, but he's never going to be that world title guy anymore. He, he's just, he doesn't have it. He, he lost his ability and he lost his chance to do that. Right. And his character is not believable, but that's the difference between somebody like swerve and somebody like cage, right? When nobody believes in you and you don't have that organic turn, nobody believes in you and they don't ever think you're going to go anywhere. Brian cage has all the talent in the world, but his personality is charisma is fucking terrible. The charisma that comes off swerve by just standing there. And maybe like licking his grills or something fucked up like that has so much more than Brian Cage picking somebody up and and doing 15 minutes of power spots in a ring. Like two seconds of what Swerve does is better than anything Brian Cage does, which is hilarious when you think about it. So, yeah, that match is going to be an absolute banger. Um, I agree with what you guys are saying. I mean, it, it really depends. Like, I mean, there's so many routes that you can go with this story after. Like, even if Joe retains, you still have Swerve and Hangman still going at each other. If one of them wins the title, somebody's going to chase, but I don't think Joe's going to lose the title. I think you want to keep the title on Joe because, and then somebody stupid said, well, you know, uh, MJF's going to come back and fight Joe. Bullshit. MJF is going to come back and fight Adam Cole. And that's going to be the legitimate thing that happens. He's not going to go after the world title first. It's going to be revenge when he comes back. And then he's going to chase into the title for about probably six months to a year. Right. So, um, but guys, this kind of, or like Josh, I like how Josh said organically and see Josh, your word of the day was my text earlier when I said svelte. That was a good one. I know but, that one though. Cause, yeah, I, cause I, know I, am, I am that. <laughs> Gold dust. Anywho. Um, this match here and for what we're talking about, there, there's a pretty good outlook for 2024. You know, they, like we talked about the end game of how, uh, AEW kind of finished up 2023 and it was kind of pretty dismal with, uh, what happened with the devil and, you know, basically Cole's group, not really getting much of a run out. Um, it kind of comes back to that charisma thing that we were just talking about, but we're starting to see some crazy shit happen. You know, we're, we're looking at osprey coming in and siding we're hearing about the opinions of having you know akata is pretty much josh what'd you say Akata's pretty much almost almost a done deal to aw from what we've been hearing on online and stuff um the outlook seems to be on the upswing for aw when they go through and i think revolution is going to be a massive start do you agree with that statement like do you think that the aw can really outperform itself from 2023 or is this as high as they're going to get I mean, I think that they have to continue having the match quality that they've had. I, I think that they could invest in better storytelling. Um, I also find that, you know, they like they like to promote a lot of other brands for free, basically. Like, I mean, CML's, CMLL's there, which is great to see. I like the wrestling, but, you know, they're taking time away from people who don't have as, like, that they've, they're actually paying to be there, you know, that, that are on their roster. So, uh, yeah, I'm really hoping, I'm hopeful. I just worry sometimes when you're bringing in these these wrestlers from other promotions, like, Okada is, is fantastic, but, like, how long does he have left? Is it, like, you know, like, it, is it going to translate into what the, the fans want to see? How smart are the AEW hopefuls, like, or the AEW, AEW fans, like, is it going to bring people to the brand? And I'm not sure Okada is going to do it. Now I'm excited to see him, but I don't know if you're going to steal, steal some fans, maybe from Japan. Um, but I think that, 
as long as they keep up the quality and the stories continue, then I I, th- I think that uh, they could do well. I'd be interested to see what happens with MJF if he comes back, if he's coming back, who knows. But, and I agree with you, Matt, that it, Adam Cole has to be the story. I just kind of, it kind of sucks because right now, like the Adam Cole story is really soft without MJF. Like it's like he comes out in his wheelchair and, you know, like, it's so Roderick Strong's challenging Orange Cassidy for the championship. But, like, Roderick Strong's kind of like a wet noodle for me. You know, like, he's a good in the ring. But, like, it's not, I don't know, it's just not someone who's going to draw the, the the big money. Um, the, and having MJF in the storyline would draw that money. The problem that I have with that group being together, and I think I've said it, and if I haven't, I'm going to say it. Again, or I'm going to say it for the first time, all of those three guys have failed at almost every level except for ROH. That's it. That's, uh, that's it. This is, this is what happens when you're an outsider looking in. I'm not a wrestling guy. I, like, I'm a wrestling guy, but I'm not an in-the-ring wrestling guy. Like I haven't been in a ring. I've never wrestled. I just comment on what I see. They've never been successful anywhere else but ROH and on the indies. They've never made it in WWE. When WCW was around, a couple of those guys were around, and they were on the indies. They never got signed to WCW contracts. They had tryouts, never made it. And the problem is, is the problem that I have with it is that, is this a scenario where Adam Cole went out and said, yeah, let's take these guys and get them over. They're just too good not to get over. The bottom line is that you cannot teach charisma. You can't teach it. You can show people videos, but they have to ultimately learn it on their own. It's like facial expressions. It's how you do things. It's what draws people to you. That's what charisma actually is. And if you don't have it, you don't get it. Some people, like you said, Josh, they get it organically. Swerve in the WWE. He never, he had no charisma. They never let his character show any of that stuff. He, they wanted him on 205 Live. They wanted him to do his crazy shit. It's like, how come somebody like Cedric Alexander doesn't get over you know, like it's the same thing. No charisma. There's no buy-in on that on that person. You have to buy in. And then you look at somebody like LA Knight. And then you look at that. That guy's all charisma. And then learned how to wrestle behind his charisma. Like Miz. Like charisma. Learned how to wrestle behind his charisma to get him out there. And that's why they're at where they're at. Charisma. Right? Yeah. Charisma. And like, look at look at Rob Van Dam. He was he was a world champ, but like, he's never he's never been solid on the mic. He's he's done he's done all of his stuff, and but he he gained legendary status. Like, there's there. I guess what I'm saying is that there's like a very finite finite amount of people who can do it with without both. Like, but there's you're right. a very but charisma. But charisma doesn't necessarily mean your promo skills. Right? Two different things. Rob Van Dam never needed it. All he had to do was say that he was Mr. Monday Night, smoke some weed, fake it, do the two fucking hand thing that he does here that Josh was just doing two seconds ago, and then be in a polyamorous relationship and promote all sorts of 420 products. Everybody fucking loves that guy. How could you not? He doesn't have to be a promo skill. He just, his charisma was all in the stuff that he did. It was all, it's the package that was put together, right? So, and like, he didn't even need to talk. He had Bill Alfonso blowing that stupid fucking whistle the whole time. That's or the like, reality. Yeah. Yeah. I guess yeah, you just, you got my mind going on a tangent. Like I'm thinking of Matt Morgan or Matt Borgen as he, boring terrible. as he like to fucking call terrible. I know, but he like, he's got everything. He's got all the God given skills. He just doesn't have that. Right. Chris, he couldn't Poo-bada. even wrestle. Poo-bada. Even Canyon. Canyon was somebody that could wrestle. He was a good hand. Um, but he found his way to, to work through. Kenny was him, a fantastic wrestler. They gave him, yeah, yeah and then they gave he him. He didn't more, get so over they, famously because his charisma, because he wasn't good on the mic and he was not confident on it. Right? Remember when? Just, remember Raven? He brought him to what? Uh, Versace? Versace? Yeah. When Raven yeah. was rich in WCW, <laughs> he brought him to Versace. So you have to look at it in the literal sense. Why was why was Canyon behind a mask? And I, and he's dead. And I don't mean to to talk shit about the guy. I'm not. And I'm not the world's most handsomest guy. But he is not. Does not have a face that's meant for camera. Why would you put him behind a mask as Mortis to begin with? And then at the end, when they put him through as he came through as Canyon, they're like, let's try it and see what happens. And then it ended up working out. And then he did the Raven thing. It was great. And then he did, you know, positively. What well, not? I'm thinking positively. Page. What was he in WWE? He did something like uh, champ or WCW Champagne Chris Canyon. Yeah, he did Champagne that. Chris Canyon. Like, and like he just made anything work and and well. Yeah. And and it as Mortis, that was his. 
only failure. And I'll tell you why it was a failure because he never adopted to the character, but what endeared him to the crowd was his move set. And then his move set led behind the charisma. He did the wrestling first and then he found the charisma after, but he always had it. He was just, he just not a good looking guy. Oh, <laughs> uh, now I'm thinking like, now you got me like I'm in the rabbit hole. I'm thinking Ernest, the cat Miller, remember <laughs> with his jacket, like, he he where did he come from? He just shows up and then all of a sudden like he, then he even came back to WWE. I I loved Ernest the Cat Miller. See Josh, this is what happens when Chris pre pre-show takes like two dabs of whatever he's doing in his <laughs> mouth and goes, "Yeah, let's fucking go." And now we're 6 minutes off the tangent of what we were talking about. I started that tangent, I think. That's all right. You know it's what, okay. Though? It's a great tangent. I'm not- I'm disappointed that you said you never wrestled a day in your life. Um, you well, know, yeah, because he did. Like, I, mean, dra- dra- I mean, Dragon, Dragon was an amazing wrestler slash announcer. Yeah, Him and Speed Speedbag had several <laughs> good match. You Dragon know. Dragon took me to the edge for the North American Championship. Then once. I won it. <laughs> yeah. Check but us yeah, out, SWA was- Angel Fire. the old school days but chris we're gonna come back just to finish up this topic um aw's outlook at 20 at the end of 2023 a little bit dismal you know they had the tournament that was really cool we saw that eddie kingston won the titles for that um do you do you see aw moving on the up in 2024 or where do you see them like we were talking about okada while you were gone and him potentially signing and almost going through there what are your thoughts about aw and the outlook um, you know, only being a couple months into the new year so far and looking into revolution. Uh, I, I think we have a lot to look forward to, especially with uh, Osprey signing with Okada likely on the way, rumored to be on the way. Like, well, I'm not, I know we don't say it, we don't like to make things, but it seems like it seems like it's going that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got Omega maybe coming back from injury. You have MJF possibly coming back from injury. And uh, I, I, I think the future is future's looking pretty good for them if they can. But like Josh said, yeah, like who like for us, like, yeah, we'll like Okada coming in there. But will will the casual fan, is it going to steal any eyes? Like for us, it'll be great. But we're not we're not the numbers. Um, but we don't even know. We don't even know what's happening on the big announcement. So it could be Mercedes Monet as well so so there are a couple like we we, i think we have uh rumors that we can look forward to until we find out they're true um but i think i don't know i i think tna and aw are going to be two to watch because like it it, tna now oh, oh man after what happened who knows tna had a chance to maybe go into it and then so yeah i i don't know it's going to be interesting to see i i'm looking forward to it yeah, you know, there's two things that I'll I'll say to finish up this uh, this topic, and I kind of think I forgot the first one, so I'll start with the second, <laughs> which was the second one was Josh. Were you with me as soon as Chris said who right after that that he was going to finish with better than Canyon? Because <laughs> I was like, he said who, and I'm like, is he going to say who better than Canyon? Like in my head, I was like, holy fuck. Um, but the second thing is, you're right. It, it is really going to be interesting to see where the product goes. And, you know, it's sad what happens with uh, with kind of with TNA. You know, you were mentioning earlier that Scott Moore signed a deal with XPW, which I think is not a great deal because they don't have a lot of money. But maybe, um, you know, it's a job in the wrestling industry that he can focus on and, and kind of work. But I don't know. Like, it just seems really weird to take that job right off the bat unless you really needed the money. And, you know, and possibly could have waited a couple of weeks or and, and try to get some feelers into a, a big company, right? Like we talked about last week. So, yeah, I agree. The outlooks were looking up. Uh, Josh, Josh was saying as long as they capitalize on storyline, I think that's uh, that's going to be the big one for them moving forward. Because, um, yeah, Revolution is going to be a great start. So, last topic of the evening. Speaking of Revolution, we uh, on uh, I believe it was was it on Dynamite or was it on Collision? If uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Dynamite. Sting- Sting's title, yeah. So Sting's title win. So Sting and Darby Allen win the tag team belts off of Starks and Big Bill. Um, obviously, we're going to Revolution, and which is kind of a, an unpredictable thing. Well, we we are going to predict it. It's going to be Sting's last match at Revolution because they mentioned it's his retirement match. And um, who else uh, comes out and challenge? But the new uh, the new heel form of Nicholas and Matthew Jackson, um, the EVPs who are coming out as uh, basically the young bucks to uh, challenge them for the titles. Now, um, if this is Sting's last match, I think it's almost a, a, a given that 
the EVPs are going to take the titles at this point. And I think it's a good thing to put them on them because I think that that character works really, really well with them. However, Josh, I want to know how excited you are because Darby Allen said in an interview and I quote, I would literally do anything to put my body on the line in any position for Sting's retirement match. Does Darby Allen die at revolution? <laughs> I mean, he's going to act like he wants to die. I think that he's fearless and he's not, he doesn't either. He likes pain or he doesn't feel pain, which is, you know, it's interesting. I think that the, I mean, he's small. So uh, not that he doesn't fall harder. He's it. It's it's amazing to see what he's willing to put himself through. I remember the first time I ever saw him, it was before he was on AEW. I think I was watching like a documentary and he was getting like he had a huge gash in his shoulder and he, it was just like another day at the office. I I agree that I I mean obviously the the Jacksons are going to have to win this because he, what is Sting going to just retire with the title? I also heard that Sting wasn't really keen on getting the title but Tony wanted to give it him a, a proper send-off. I really enjoyed how the match ended with the Jacksons coming out and making him bloodied. And then like, if you, I think you were on rampage that they then stomped somebody and they were wearing the same suits with all the blood. So that was a really graphic image. And you know how I love a graphic image. I, I really enjoy how they're uh, making sting go out here. Sting is fearless going out all these matches that he's having, he's always got a spot that's super unnecessary. He could have <laughs> went, he could have went out with, you know, like, uh, like a Hulk Hogan match, and that would have been sufficient. Not to say that there's anything wrong with the Hulk Hogan match, but you know, you know what I'm saying. Like, you know, run through the pay, do the do this this the the signature spots in ring only. But like, I don't know. He's a, when when you think about someone getting a title who's in their fifties. Uh, whether or not you think that his physical ability is is there, at least he's putting himself on the line week by week, and he's like he's contributing to the storyline. And I, I I just I'm really excited to see it. I, I and I, I do like the the Jacksons new iteration. Always like them as heels. I mean, you hate them, but you like it, you know. Like, and as a as a as a fan of wrestling, I always love a good heel. I hate when it's a, you know a heel that is just forced to be a heel because they, there's nothing really else that they can do with it. Now, Chris, because I'm the host, I get to ask the questions. That's the best part of doing my job. And so I'm not even going to argue with anything Josh says here. That's what we're going to end on. But I'm going to give you a different question to end this podcast. Okay, before like we basically for the topics before Josh slices his salami and blah, blah, blah. You know how we do to finish the show. Over the years, you've watched Sting all the way through. And I remember one of the things that you were most excited about at Forbidden Door 2 was actually seeing Sting live. Over the years that you've seen, give me three of your favorite sting moments to uh, to basically end before we go into Josh's slices slicing the salami. Uh, can I do four? You can do four. Go for it. Four is good. Okay, okay, okay. Because four is the perfect number. So uh, number one, Robocop uh, from WCW when Robocop came. Uh, number two. You gotta describe what happened though, because some people might not know that, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Like there was was Sting was in the cage, and Robocop came and broke him out of the cage. Yeah, that was pretty pretty dope. I think it was nineteen ninety one. Um, <laughs> second second one is the first time Sting came from the rafters. Uh, third one is when Sting showed up, but it was like the imposter Sting, but he took the mask off and it was Sting. Like so, <laughs> and then uh, the the best one, the best one was WWE debut. That was the best one, yeah, by far, by far, by far. But uh, like that, that they're like, oh, and and uh, what's his name? The guy from A. Jeez, oh, I can't remember his name. Uh, Tony Schiavone, Sch- Schiavone. Sorry, Schiavone. Uh, he was like, uh, he's like, oh my god, it's Sting, and it was, it was just. Sting under the mask of Sting. <laughs> uh, so those are like easily, but like you have to think back and you have to think back to like, I don't know if you guys ever went on trips to the States and then like, cause you wouldn't see WCW in Canada. No. And then, and so like we go to Florida and we'd stay at multiple, like Tennessee or wherever, New Hampshire, we'd stay at multiple places all through, like while we drove. Um, and then, so like my dad would watch it and be like WCW Saturday night. And you'd see like, like beach bum sting, like the beach sting. Yeah. 
So that was the first I ever got introduced to him. I didn't get into it until he turned into at the end of that. And then he turned into dark sting. Yeah. I think for me, it's <clears throat> the whole dark sting angle is probably the best for me. And there was a, uh, somebody that actually like did it on YouTube and he did every single nitro, I think from when he was dark stinger, every appearance from the very beginning until when he wrestled Hulk Hogan at, uh, at uh, Starcade. And so if you ever wanted to watch every single iteration of that, there was always the, the 10 minutes, he broke it down into the 10 minutes where everybody like saw sting come through. Like it was fucking mental. So, but it's like, if you, if you go over it, it's probably about, couple hours worth of good watching kind of like when we watch the aces and eights thing if you watch it for the full three and a half hours it's interesting how the whole thing happened right because it happens over a whole year which is kind of really nuts when you think about it, a year and a half so but with that being said ching 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 josh what slices your salami this week we really need to get a sound for that yeah no, that's what um, we're doing until chris does it so okay wait i want to do I, I forgot that I wrote a quote down that Kevin Owens said, and I, it made me giggle. Uh, and I think you're saying it to Logan Paul. So, but I, I've been reading it for a couple of days, and it makes me laugh. And he said, "For the last 19 years, I fought men for money." And that's not a slice of my slobby, but I just really like that quote, and it kind of like seems menacing. Like, um, so you know, it really slices my salami. The inconsistent use of the three times hand raise during a submission. Um, <laughs> you know, sometimes typically when the, the the face is getting submitted, they get the three time hand raise, but then all of a sudden when the match needs to finish, the referee's just like, Oh, he's out. He's out. Where's the three time hand raise. That's how you're supposed to do it. I was raised on the three time hand raise motherfuckers. And that's what really slices my salami. Well, fuck. I mean, I never thought of it that way, but I guess, um, Yeah. I guess you're you're probably right when we think about that, Chris. You want to take uh, take that? I'm kind of dumbfounded by that a little bit. Yeah, I actually uh, that was a good one. I agree with that 100. percent Like it, it is true. Like whenever it needs to be, like stay consistent, right? Stay consistent if you're gonna do one, two, because like we notice that. Like some people might not notice that, but they still do because they, you know, they still see the win and they cheer. But then like, oh, was that was that like legit though? Because just keep, yeah. it cons- keep it consistent. I Why does Hogan can... get to be out and then get back up? People are like, oh, Hogan's out because he dropped his arm once. He's always oh, out. And then all of a sudden, the heels like drops his arm. And he's like, oh, he's, he's just done. That's it, folks. He's tapped. But Hollywood Hogan, he gets three. Because nobody – because that's what they do to us. They do to us. It doesn't make sense. That's the fun part about it. But, yeah, I'd love it if they stay consistent with it. I think the one that gets me all the time, and I'm not going to try to steal Josh's slicing a salami slice, but it's like when somebody does like a, a submission or something and the, and the guy has, uh, or, or female or whoever it is, has their both shoulders on the mat, like technically that's a pin. And the smart uh-huh. refs will, yeah. the smart referees will actually see it. And that's yeah. like, that's they'll my favorite. That. You know, the, you know the difference between, yeah. yeah. Or under the mat, yep. or they'll actually just start counting, and then they'll make them lift up, which is kind of like if you're really into the rules, like that's the thing that you should be doing as a ref, is because that's really uh, it's something small that's that's noticeable, right? So yeah, the number one rule is follow the fake rules. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's the end of the podcast, Josh. Anything that you like to end before we sign off? Yeah, I just want to say I also forgot to say this last time I watched Raw when. Uh, Oh shit! Why can't I remember his name? Uh, New Day, not Kofi. The other why oh, can't I can't remember his name? Xavier. Yeah, the way that Xavier Woods holds a microphone annoys me, but I also like it because it looks like he's holding a sandwich. <laughs> no, I'm like, it's like it's a good sign out, Chris. Anything for you to sign off with before we close out? Yeah, it's it's really weird to see lately. Like going on on like on social media. I guess I do a little more than you guys, but like. There's so much just hate towards every single company. It's like you have to be like a fan of one company now. And that's kind of like, I don't know. I, I kind of wanted to say something about it today. It does, like maybe it slices my salami, but like it's, can't we just remember when we all used to like wrestling and there were more than one wrestling company to watch and you can watch. Yeah, for sure. Like instead of putting up pictures of each, each 
wrestling because like you could put up a picture of wwe at, at who knows when they're in greensboro north carolina and nobody shows up you can put a picture just like if somebody's not showing up to an AEW show i just i don't know it's uh everybody's just being like such such dicks about everything now like we have to be a fan of one company like i don't i don't care who shows up like that's, I, don't, I don't that's but that's but that's that's you know what back in the day we never had the internet like that like that is now and so you know yeah everybody we didn't have twitter we didn't have all these things and the internet's just a place of hatred all the way through right so you go through mm-hmm. it it doesn't matter like it doesn't matter if you have a, a side a and a side b those people find a way to argue about it and then hate each other over it no matter what the two things are like so uh, because we never had that we never had that we just watched it all and thought it was great right like you saw people who preferred wwe over wcw but you know, at the yeah. end of the day, when we went through it, like we never had that hate. We just had wrestling on TV and we enjoyed it, right? Like that's the reality also, of it. And I don't want it to go away. Like if you guys want it to go away, keep doing what you're doing because one of them will go away and they'll all be because like when WWE bought everything, kind of sucked. Like so, yeah. I think it they make each other better. Also, that's why I bought some WWE merch uh, coming soon. Also, want to you know say if one of our our pods get to 10,000 views there's going to be a, a championship belt put behind me uh you know we're going to start adding some stuff behind me incentives uh, we're going to start hitting some milestones and we we'll do little things have some fun uh but yeah yeah and i think like it just leads into my closing and i'm going to close off at this point and i'll basically say it leads to um just my thing like basically there's no way to silence trolls on the internet that's just the reality of life at this point it's a, it's a, it's it's a golden rule about being on the internet right but josh with that being said wherever you are in the world good morning good afternoon good evening and good night from everybody here at the rub wrestling podcast we all bid you adieu bang <laughs>